With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SupChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. It has been a week full of international intrigue. China-U.S. relations are in the news again as Trump issues yet another executive order. China-India relations take an interesting turn as an Indian billionaire looks to make a deal with everyone's favorite short video app, TikTok. And the Chinese and Russian economies seem to grow ever closer as they both try to wean themselves off of dependence on the U.S. dollar. With all the top news from around the world, here's what has been happening in China this week. We start with what is always the riskiest story to cover in a weekly podcast, and that is reporting on President Donald Trump's latest actions on China, hoping, of course, that they'll still be relevant by the end of the podcast. But it is possibly the biggest China business story of the week, so here goes. Last Friday, Trump ordered the Chinese owner of the popular music video app TikTok to sell its U.S. assets, citing national security concerns and delivering the latest salvo in his standoff with Beijing. Trump's decision came after an investigation by the Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S., which reviews acquisitions of American businesses by overseas investors for national security concerns. ByteDance Limited bought the app Musical.ly in 2017 and merged it with TikTok. The order, signed by Trump on Friday, sets a 90-day deadline for a possible sale of TikTok to a U.S. buyer, yet the app's Chinese owners may have to act more quickly as the president had previously set an even faster timetable, telling reporters the day before that, quote, we have a deadline of September 15th for a deal to be reached. Staying with TikTok news, ByteDance, its parent company, has approached Mumbai-headquartered Reliance Industries Limited for potential investment in TikTok's operations in India, where the Chinese tech giant is struggling to retain key employees following a ban on the hugely popular short video app, according to a report by U.S. tech news provider TechCrunch. ByteDance has been in talks with the Indian government to address its concerns since New Delhi imposed a ban in late June on TikTok and 58 other Chinese apps citing national security grounds. Prior to the ban, India had accounted for a third of TikTok's global downloads with 200 million TikTok users. 
Reliance's billionaire owner, Mukesh Ambani, is widely seen as an ally of Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi, and so analysts have speculated that any deal may serve to build trust between ByteDance and New Delhi. Moving away from China-U.S. and China-India relations, the share of trade conducted in U.S. dollars between Russia and China fell below 50% for the first time in the first quarter of 2020, according to recent data from Russia's Central Bank and Federal Customs Service. Russia and China have drastically cut their use of the dollar in bilateral trade over the past several years in a process called de-dollarization. Alexei Maslov, director of the Institute of Far Eastern Studies at the Russian Academy of Sciences, told the Nikkei Asian Review that the Russia-China de-dollarization was approaching a, quote, breakthrough moment, unquote, that could elevate the two countries' relationship to a de facto alliance. As China and Russia look to de-dollarize, China may be looking to dispense with physical cash altogether. Over the next three years, China plans to expand a pilot program for its state-backed digital currency in several regions, including North China's Beijing-Tianjin-Hebei region, East China's Yangtze River Delta, and South China's Guangdong-Hong-Kong-Macau-Greater Bay Area, according to a plan published Friday by the Ministry of Commerce. The digital yuan program was first trialed in Shenzhen, in Chengdu, in Suzhou, and in the Xiong'an New Area, a much-anticipated new economic zone, and in scenarios related to the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics, China's central bank said in April. Baidu-backed video streaming service ITE has disclosed that the U.S. securities regulator has requested financial records related to issues raised in an April report from short-seller Wolfpack Research. News of the investigation by the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, sent ITE's NASDAQ-listed shares tumbling. In April, Wolfpack published a 37-page report claiming the Chinese company was committing fraud well before its initial public offering in 2018. It estimated the company inflated its 2019 revenue by roughly 8 billion yuan, $1.14 billion, to 13 billion yuan. The short seller said it based its judgment on months of research, including a survey of ITE users in China, studying Chinese credit reports, and conducting interviews with insiders. ITE refuted the report just hours after its release, slamming it as unsubstantiated. Chinese tech giant Huawei Technologies Company Limited will start to produce so-called display driver integrated circuits, known as DDICs, Caixin has learned. DDICs are used in products such as smartphones, laptops, tablets, and smart TVs. Unlike rival company Samsung, Huawei currently relies on other companies to supply the DDICs it uses in its smartphones, tablets, laptops, and smart TVs. China currently only produces a fraction of the world's display driver chips, while two Korean firms, Samsung Display and Magna Chip, control 89% of the global market. Tencent Music Entertainment Group, a subsidiary of Chinese internet giant Tencent, will establish a new joint venture music label with Universal Music Group as part of ongoing efforts to expand its music library. The joint venture will develop and showcase domestic artists and their original music in China, according to a statement issued jointly by the two companies. 
They also announced an extended licensing agreement which will allow Tencent Music to continue to distribute Universal Music's content across its music streaming platforms, including QQ Music, Kugo Music, Kuo Music, as well as its online karaoke platform, We Sing. And finally, a former chairman of one of China's big four state-owned bad asset managers, Lai Xiaomin, was accused of taking more bribes than anyone else ever in China. The disgraced financial big shot is accused of taking a record 1.79 billion yuan, approximately $258 million, of bribes over 10 years as he stood trial in North China's Tianjin municipality last week. Lai's case shocked the Chinese public, not just due to the amount of money involved, but also because of the alleged crime's astonishing details, such as the tons of cash stashed at his home, the 300 million yuan bank account under his mother's name, and his over 100 mistresses. Lai, who is also an ex-Communist Party chief of China Huarong Asset Management Company Limited, was expelled from the party and removed from public office for serious violations of party discipline and law in October 2018. Let's turn now to Caixin Global Managing Editor Doug Young for his take on one story in the news this week. Doug, what you got for us this week? Hi, Kaiser. This week, I want to depart from what I usually do. And rather than looking at a, an individual news story from this week, I want to look at a company. And this company has actually been spotlighted in a really nice article by one of our content partners, uh, Nikkei Asian Review. And it's on our site as well. So hoping people can have a look at that if they want to know more. But this is uh, there's a, a company called Foxconn, which I don't know if many of our listeners have heard of, but it's often referred to it's a Taiwanese company. It's often referred to as the biggest company you've never heard of. And this basically is because this company they make they're they're most famous for making iPhones, but they make pretty much everything. You know, they make HP computers, uh, Microsoft tablets. Uh, they're basically uh, an anonymous third party sort of manufacturer for big tech names. So the story this week is is about a company called Luxshare. And even I didn't know about this company, but apparently this is quite the company to watch. They burst into the headlines basically uh, in July. So it's it's about a month ago. And that was when they bought a company – well, not a company. They bought a factory from a company called Wistron, which is a, another Taiwanese company that also makes iPhones. So this officially makes Luxshare the first mainland Chinese-owned company to make iPhones. And, you know, you're going to probably say, well, so what? But uh, these guys actually have been doing stuff already for Apple. They, If you're listening to using your AirPods or if you have an Apple Watch on, uh, there's a chance that that was also made by this company called Luxshare. So this is a it's, – it's not a super old company. It's been around since 2004. But again, I think it could be a company to watch. So just how big is Luxshare? So Luxshare is is not a small company and and it actually says in the story that their market value is bigger than Foxconn, which is the company that I said is really well known or better known for doing this stuff. Um, they're currently worth more than 50 billion US dollars, which is pretty pretty sizable. And their revenue has apparently grown fivefold over the last five years to about $9 billion. So, you know, we're not talking a small company. Uh, and then apparently they also have a, a very 
famous, at least in those circles, uh, founder, a woman named Grace Wong, which, again, is probably somewhat unusual for China. You don't get that many women at the head of these tech companies, but apparently she's really known for her strong will and and as a fast learner and for being very ambitious and competitive. And the Nikkei guys talked with a few people who knew her and, and they all seem quite impressed by her and and it really seems to be a company on their their radar screen. So again, uh, this is this is a learning experience for me, but it, it really does look like this company could be someone to watch. So aside from its sheer size, why is it, in your words, one to watch? I mean, what, what is particularly significant about this company? Well, I mentioned that if you're wearing an Apple Watch now or you use AirPods to listen to music, that might be uh, – you might have gotten those from Luxshare. Then there's also pretty much uh, the fact that they produce for all the other big tech names. Uh, other ones include Microsoft and Microsoft, of course, makes uh, Xboxes and tablet computers. Then you've got Google and and then Amazon, which also you know is a big maker of e-readers and home speakers and stuff. So I think these guys are really, you know, even though you may not know who they are, they are most likely in your home somewhere. Or if they're not in there yet, they could very well be in there someday. Um, and they're also an interesting story of a, a Chinese company that looks like it's going to be going abroad, you know, in addition to all these bigger t- – bigger or better known tech names like TikTok. Uh, these guys have been setting up factories in, in places like Vietnam and other Southeast Asian locations. And, you know, it really does look like they could end up giving Foxconn a run for their money and, and becoming sort of the next big name in what they call uh, contract manufacturing. Well, thanks, Doug, as always. And we look forward to having you back soon. Okay. Thanks a lot, Kaiser. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin and Marcus Ryder of Caixin Global. Thanks to Wu Fei and Spring and Autumn for the music. Be sure to check out the other shows in the Seneca Network on SupChina. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SupChina Access for our daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Take care.